City Talk LA is a production of MySafe LA, a nonprofit organization committed to fire and life safety and helping communities to build greater resilience and self-reliance. Hello, everyone. My name is David Barrett. I'm the executive director for MySafe LA, and I'm your host in this special edition of City Talk LA. Our topic today is fireworks. It's a complex issue, and it's one that has driven Angelinos crazy for many, many years with all kinds of explosions and flying objects through the night. If you were to fly over Los Angeles on the 4th of July, it would look literally like a war zone with thousands and thousands of projectiles and fireworks firing off simultaneously across the landscape that we know as the City of Angels. Today we're going to cover a wide array of topics related to fireworks, and I'm going to have some important guests who are going to share perspectives on the law, on the response required to help mitigate fireworks dangers, and on what you can do as community members to keep yourself, your family members, and your pets safe during this explosive period of the year. To start out with, 2020 is not turning out to be like any year in recent memory. In fact, it's probably different than anything we've experienced in our lifetimes. The coronavirus pandemic, the COVID-19 issues that we're facing have changed the landscape for interaction from person to person in our communities, lack of sports, lack of in-person gatherings, lack of motion picture attendance, all kinds of issues. Even restaurants were closed for months and are now only starting to reopen. People being kept in their homes for months has perhaps triggered a desire to be super excited about getting back out into the world, and we are seeing fireworks problems emerging unlike anything we've seen before, not just in Los Angeles, but in other places across the country. Locally, the situation is significant. In fact, in Pasadena, illegal fireworks complaints are up 400%, and there have been multiple confiscations of truckloads of illegal fireworks in Southern California. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department just recently seizing a truckload of more than $10,000 worth of fireworks in New York City, in Seattle, in the Bay Area up north, and multiple other places across the country, fireworks are proving to be a headache, not just for people who live there, but for the officials and law enforcement that are trying to keep things in check. One of the things that we're going to address today is the law and how the law affects what you can do as a citizen and what your obligations are relative to fireworks. Things in Southern California are complicated even further because in California, there is a type of firework called a safe and sane firework. Those are fireworks that are approved by the state fire marshal's office, and they are sold in typically unincorporated areas as a way of raising money for schools and local charities. Of course, fireworks companies that produce these devices also are profiting from them. It's important to note that safe and sane fireworks do not fly and do not explode. So literally everything that we are hearing and watching in the skies over Los Angeles is absolutely illegal anywhere in the state of California. To be clear, fireworks in Los Angeles are illegal. Every type, every kind. Sparklers, illegal. Snow cones, illegal. Roman candles, illegal. It doesn't matter what type of firework it is. It's against the law to own, possess, 
transfer, and interestingly, it's illegal to transfer from an adult to a juvenile. Before we take a closer look at the laws and what they actually mean to you and me, it's important to note that 2020 is likely to be the most significant backyard fireworks use year on record. Bill Weimer is vice president and general counsel of Phantom Fireworks, which brands itself as the leading fireworks retail in the United States. In his 30 years in the pyrotechnics business, Bill says that this fireworks season has really knocked him over. And that's not just limited to his company's perspective. The American Pyrotechnics Association, which is a trade group for consumer and commercial fireworks, says that fireworks sales nationwide are through the roof. And as it relates to the fact that there are so many fireworks being shot off weekly, every weekend leading up to the 4th of July, it's interesting to note that According to Weimer, 40% of the purchasers of fireworks from Phantom are first-time buyers. So let's talk about the laws related to fireworks. There are statewide laws and there are local laws. For the purposes of this podcast, let's stick with laws related to Los Angeles. Our first guest is Robert Arcos. He's the Assistant Chief for the Office of Operations for the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Arcos has worked in every bureau in the city. He knows it like the back of his hand. He was raised in Atwater Village. Chief Arcos was appointed to the department in 1988. He progressed through the ranks, working assignments with increasing responsibility throughout the city. He has experience in patrol, gangs, vice, narcotics, and canine operations. He also served as a senior lead officer, and for those of you that are aware of senior lead officers, they are a vital connection between the department and the community. In fact, Chief Arcos is a leader as it relates to community police exchange, the idea of working closely with the community to build better connectivity and to create a newer and more modern kind of policing. Our interview with Chief Arcos was done via telephone, and the quality is not ideal, but what he has to say is extremely important, so I hope you'll enjoy this upcoming interview with Assistant Chief Robert Arcos. Thank you, Chief Arcos, for joining us uh, by telephone this morning. Obviously, fireworks is just another one of the complicated issues that Los Angeles faces on a daily basis in terms of complexity in our community. And fireworks in particular, because it has cultural, political, entertainment, military, all kinds of implications, people are easily confused. What do you think from the position of the Los Angeles Police Department, should people know about the use of fireworks in Los Angeles? Well, thank you, David, and, and thanks for um, doing this podcast and really placing uh, this topic um, on your show. Uh, truly uh, appreciated. You know, first I want to say though that from the police department standpoint, we understand that uh, the Fourth of July and the dates uh, leading up to the 4th of July are very significant in this country, in our history. It's a very significant holiday that people want to celebrate. It's a national pastime to um, you know, use fireworks. The unfortunate thing about it is that people still forget that it is illegal in the city of Los Angeles. I always get the same question. Well, what about safe and sane, those that are labeled and and are stamped and certified as safe as saying. All fireworks in the city of Los Angeles are illegal. 
and they're incredibly dangerous to both adults and children. Uh, people every year are hurt, are, are named by the use of fireworks, even the ones that are deemed safe and sane. And the incendiary, incendiary devices also pose a very serious concern uh, in regards to brush fires. Um, these fireworks that are being used in urban settings, they destroy, disturb our neighborhoods into the early hours of the morning. Um, you know, not to mention uh, pets, uh, also people who are suffering with um, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. Uh, these uh, types of fireworks and this noise, uh, the concussion, really uh, contribute to a lot of other trauma and damage um, into in our neighborhood, in our neighborhoods, and our communities. So really, what really, just want to be really clear and say that uh, all fireworks are illegal. You know, and we've been doing this for many, many years. We've done PSAs, we've done ads, we've done uh, bulletins, brochures, educational information in our communities and neighborhoods, but we still have the same problem every single year. Right. Well, I know that in the collaboration that My Safe LA has had with the Los Angeles Police Department and the Los Angeles City Fire Department and other agencies, we were making a little bit of progress by focusing people's attention on going to public shows. And this year, because of the coronavirus, COVID-19 situation, there aren't going to be public shows, at least not in the city of Los Angeles. How does that complicate things? Well, significantly. And I, and I think that um, people are asking about the, the connection to COVID and people being uh, in quarantine, um, all the different businesses that are closed, all the different opportunities that we've taken for granted um, in our lifetime that are not available. And so that's going to lead to a number of stressors and you know, frustrations, anxiety. And I think that uh, what we're seeing, not just in the city of Los Angeles, but across this country, a significant increase in the number of calls for service that are being generated um, are at the, the top of the chart. I've never seen uh, these numbers uh, before. And really the only thing that we can uh, attribute that increase to is possibly, you know, the connection to COVID that people just are tired of being in the house. They're looking for ways to um, do some sort of entertainment. As you mentioned, uh, a number of the shows have been postponed. People look forward to going and um, spending time in the parks or in the ballparks and watching the, the fireworks shows. They're not available. So um, I'm, I'm sure that this is what is um, contributing to the increase that we're seeing in our streets. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate because there is um, too many dangers that I've already outlined before that can, that can come uh, from this type of activity. One of the things that uh, we've been trying to track and, and pay some attention to is the behind the scenes enforcement. Um, we've mm -hmm. worked with uh, Los Angeles County Fire Department's arson unit, and they've discussed the efforts that they have in tracking fireworks that cross uh, a state border from Nevada and other places. And as soon as that happens, it, it's kind of a smile to their face because then they have a, a felony opportunity um, and the ability to, to really put not only um, even tons of fireworks out of uh, circulation, but also to put people behind bars. In Los Angeles, um, my understanding is that uh, possession or use of fireworks is a misdemeanor. And as such, um, my understanding is that a police officer needs to actually witness the fireworks being used or being transported or being transferred to a minor. 
Um, is that an accurate assessment? And if so, how does that relate to citing people or um, taking some type of enforcement action? Yeah, I think you, you characterize it accurately, David. It's uh, the Los Angeles Municipal Code um, 57.56 um, is our enforcement arm for the illegal use of fireworks. And it's unlawful for any person to use, give, possess, sell, or discharge any fireworks within the city, in the city limits. That sometimes can, um, as you stated, uh, handcuff the officers uh, from actually witnessing uh, the, um, the setting of fireworks. But in, in most cases, the, the ability for us to seize and confiscate these fireworks is what really we have to our advantage. We officers uh, are getting uh, calls or what we're, what we're doing uh, more often than not is utilizing uh, undercover surveillance of, of our officers to go out to these neighborhoods where we're getting chronic complaints, uh, not just this year, but historically where we know these things are going to happen. And just to kind of back up a little bit on that, David, what we also do, as you know, our senior lead officers are tied to, to their communities, to the basic car. Right. And they work closely uh, with these communities and really do um, a great job of trying to give fair warning and, and education uh, to the public that we are going to be out here and uh, we are going to be uh, watching. And in most of our uh, really significant seizures ha has come from our undercover officers watching and witnessing uh, the, um, the fireworks going off, the transportation of the fireworks. Uh, we also check Craigslist for people who are trying to sell um, fireworks. We have a number of tools and tactics that we're using to try and really just curb this um, this possession and this transportation of fireworks. I don't know if you if you were able to look at our um, LAPD HQ Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Uh, we have just posted a number of seizures that we've had. It's in the thousands of pounds. So much to the um, to the extent that our emergency services division, who is responsible for the disposal, especially for those that are M80 and above, uh, uh, mortar type uh, fireworks, um, storing them in bunkers, and our bunkers are at capacity. So we're looking for other ways to store them and to try to dispose of of quickly. So that kind of really lends um, you know itself to this story that the um, the increases are significant and they're having a um, a really uh, tremendous effect on our communities based on the calls that we're getting and the complaints that we're hearing. But I do want your listeners to know that it's not something that we are um, don't care about. We are working aggressively as possible to um, seize, arrest, cite, whatever we um, possibly can do, uh, we're doing. Well, and one of the things that people often forget is that their own personal situation if they are mm -hmm. in fear, if they feel that something is being done against their own safety um, or even their own comfort, because one of the issues with fireworks is noise, that, that that's the most important thing to them. And the fact of the matter is that crime doesn't stop for the 4th of July. So your radio calls continue with all types of calls for service. And it must just make, uh, and this year, the 4th of July is on a Saturday. So it just must make your dispatchers and your your field officers um, frustrated with the amount of, of responses that they need to kind of categorize and respond to. Yeah, it, it does. It's, it's uh, very uh, tasking. It can be overwhelming um, really with the call load. Um, as you mentioned, uh, crime is still occurring. We're, um, we still have violent crime, uh, property crime, 
that is being dispatched um, to our amazing uh, police service representatives. Our dispatchers are truly the best in the business here in the city of Los Angeles, and uh, they're doing their best to give uh, good information, good guidance on some of these calls that may be a non-emergency and a, a lower priority, but to still give them a sense of, of service uh, to direct them to um, another portal on the My311 uh, app um, to report their information. And I think there's also this, um, this sense that uh, people feel, well, if I call 911, you know, uh, police aren't gonna come. We're going, we're going to uh, route those calls accordingly based on what we're being told. And I don't want people to, to think that, to believe that they can't call 911 when there is a, a dangerous situation that's occurring. For example, if someone is using uh, fireworks and projecting uh, those fireworks at vehicles, at people, in close proximity of children, that's an emergency. And, and we should get those calls and we will dispatch uh, those calls. But if those um, calls or activity or people are out in the middle of the street, they're lighting them, they're using sparklers, they're doing things, um, other things that are not, as I just previously described, then we would ask that those be um, sent to the My311 app uh, for calls for service. Good, that's, that's good information. And you actually have created a perfect segue into the third aspect of our discussion, which is the community. Mm -hmm. And you have been at the forefront of community policing and in changing some of the culture within not only the police department, but the community. You've been a senior lead officer. Um, the department uh, has this remarkable senior lead officer program. And tell me a little bit about how community engagement can play a positive role um, in supporting not only the LAPD response, but the community, not to put people at any kind of risk, but to make sure that they know what their side of the story is. Can they be telling their neighbors not to do it? Can they be posting lawn signs? What, what can the community be doing to partner with the LAPD? Yeah, thanks, David. Thank you for recognizing the importance of the senior lead officer program and its role in community engagement. And really, it's, it's all about that foundation of relationships and, and building trust uh, through the frequency of the, the meetings that we're holding um, personally um, in the in the streets in the in the neighborhoods and the businesses those all really um, build a great foundation of uh, of a dialogue that people get to understand what the police are facing uh, especially on these uh, issues of quality of life and how we can help them uh, work through these issues whether that is something that needs to be referred and re um, over to us or to other city services that we can uh, route that information. And the senior lead officers really serve as that ambassador, really a community ambassador who um, can um, understand where those issues are and what the best source of service is for the community. And by having those conversations, you know, it's a, um, it really builds this uh, reciprocation that People get to understand where the police have um, some struggles to, to handle these issues that are coming up and how the community can use uh, their leverage uh, with, their, um, with their service providers, whether it be the, the neighborhood councils or their council offices, There's something that's is, you know, far reaching as uh, you know, their, their state senators, those things, where they can use um, their voice to 
um, again, responsibly pass on information that is really uh, contributing to issues that are um, detrimental to their neighborhoods. So these things work best uh, through the relationships. And I think that the city of Los Angeles, the, the Los Angeles Police Department model of community engagement really has been a best practice, has set a lot of uh, precedents across the country where people are looking to the Los Angeles Police Department to mirror this senior lead officer program. Um, many cities have adopted it and know that it is vital to having a, a voice in the neighborhood, a trusted person in the neighborhood to help people um, feel what is the best course of action for them, for their, for their own security as well and their protection, but also to give them a sense of, of confidence that they have a, a right to be heard in their own communities. Absolutely true. And, and finally, all of the things that we've covered in just the last uh, 12 or 13 minutes kind of leads to, to one last important item for me, and I'd love to have your feedback on it, and that is that the more that the community can educate themselves on not only the role of the Los Angeles Police Department, of the Senior Lead Officer Program, of how they can engage with their neighborhood councils, but how fireworks really came about and why people use them and why people should not use them, I think would be a big step towards improving the culture of fireworks. How important is education in your mind, Chief? 100% the priority, um, education, education, education. And um, I think the um, information is, is power, right? People um, ha or that are informed have the knowledge to do something with it. Um, educating them to the dangers, number one, of the use of fireworks and going back to really the you know the the importance of this conversation is to eliminate any any myth misconception um, miscommunication you know, fireworks are illegal in the city of los angeles safe and sane any type of firework is illegal in the city of los angeles when we put our people um in our communities together very early on leading up to the 4th of July uh, and doing an education campaign, uh, whether it's uh, walking the blocks, walking the neighborhoods, doing, you know, you know, Dave, what I really miss, and I know this, this COVID has kind of um, had an impact on this, but what I really miss is the opportunity to sit on the front lawns with people in neighborhoods, bring their neighbors together and just have a discussion. Yeah. You know, what is what's going on in the neighborhood? How can we help you? What are you seeing? What can we do better? Um, those really kind of warm and inviting conversations really lead to just getting better, getting getting better, a better community, a better police department, and having that trust and understanding. You know, we we need to get back to that as soon as this thing is this quarantine is lifted completely and people feel comfortable in those settings again because I think they have the most value. So just really kind of summing it all up, that education piece of giving everyone that information early on through uh, the literature, through, through the PSAs, through what you're doing with your podcast really can help better prepare these neighborhoods uh, leading up to those holidays that really, uh, really invite this type of activity. Terrific. Well, I appreciate your time with us today, Chief, and hopefully the message will get out there and people will start to take a little bit more responsibility and know that this is not just uh, one department in the city being responsible for everything, but it's all of us working together. And 
have a safe 4th of July uh, for you, your family, and for all of the members of the Los Angeles Police Department. And we'll talk again in the future. Thank you, David, and um, happy 4th of July to you and all your listeners out there. Thanks very much. You bet. So the Los Angeles Police Department has been a key player when it comes into the window of enforcement. But what about other aspects of not only the legal prosecution of fireworks crimes, but the prevention of those fireworks issues? The Los Angeles City Attorney's Office is actually very interested in prevention as opposed to prosecution. Let's speak with Gabrielle Taylor. She's a deputy city attorney. She's a neighborhood prosecutor for the Northeast Division, and she has extensive experience in dealing with the community as it relates to fireworks and fireworks prevention. So Gabrielle Taylor is a prosecutor with the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office, and she works in the Northeast Division. And Gabrielle, I am delighted that you could spend some time with us today because I think most people don't understand what a city attorney's priorities are and what a prosecutor needs to do when it comes to an issue like fireworks. Fill me in. Well, I mean, I I think people don't know that the city attorney handles all the misdemeanors in the city of Los Angeles, first of all. And I'm a neighborhood prosecutor, and I'm embedded with the police in the neighborhood, particularly Northeast. What's really important about that and fireworks is that we're not just there to prosecute someone. We're actually there to change the problem, to solve it from the ground up. And prosecution is always the last resort for us. I mean, it's nothing else is working. So with fireworks, I've been working with you, myself at Safe LA, the senior lead officers, and LAFD, and LAPD in general, to really change the dynamic uh, and the discussion around fireworks in our own neighborhood. Northeast is notorious for almost professional-like at-home shows. I mean, the, the fireworks here are outrageous. And most people don't even understand that they're illegal, which is interesting. And they don't really contemplate all the dangers that come with it. Um, And so for my part, I worked with you and some of your great uh, colleagues. I educate first. And so it's from flyers to going to community meetings, particularly talking to children about the dangers and about, you know, why you wouldn't, why there's other alternatives like professional shows. Um, So we try to start at the ground up to solve the problem. And then there's enforcement. And so we do have two, LAPD has two vehicles for enforcement. They have the ACE, uh, which is an uh, administrative citation enforcement ticket, which is a non-criminal ticket. And it's a great way to say, hey, you can't have this firework, you take it. And, but it's non-criminal penalty. But it also sends a message that, listen, you can't do this because it's not just 4th of July, it's every day in this neighborhood, there's bombs going off. And so it's important that, you know, at some point there'll be consequences. But our first and foremost is changing the problem from the ground up. I hope that answers your question, David. <laughs> well, of course. No, it does. And, you know, one of the the great things that we've been able to do working together these last three years has been to try and spread the issue of education. And when we were in schools, frankly, I was stunned that uh, more than 80% of the students had no idea that fireworks were illegal and that more than half of them said, okay, they're illegal, but my parents already bought them. So, and it's not up to me to tell them to put, to put them away. And this year, 2020, my goodness, it's, it's not anything like we've ever experienced. 
There are no public shows. We can't go to schools. Um, so it's created kind of an environment where, you know, things are not going to be what we were hoping that they would be. Yeah, I think we hit, we felt, I felt like last year we had a lot of progress. We had a complaint line dedicated um, through the city for making fireworks complaints. We still have that complaint line. But this year, you know, lives got upended with COVID-19, the economic fallout. People are home. There's no school since March, right? So people are out and about and we get complaints that this is all over the city, not just Northeast. This is a year like no other in terms of fireworks. And it's not just 4th of July. I think we all could be a little bit, you know, as a prosecutor, I have a lot of discretion. And 4th of July is 4th of July. Not that we want you to shoot off illegal fireworks, but we have some understanding and discretion. But when it's fireworks and they're, when it's fireworks and they're all, they're from April on till September. And these are giant professional fireworks where houses are shaking, where pets are terrified. And so are human beings. Um, it's really different. And so this year of all years, because we're living at home and we're living in close quarters, I think that I need, we need to really appeal to people's uh, sense of decency and common good toward their neighbor. People have been wonderful. People shut their businesses down because of the safer at home order. They wear masks. I mean, I'm really proud of Angelinos, but we still have to go more and fireworks are really impacting people who can't go anywhere. Yeah, you're right about that. And and actually, you, you bring up some really good points there about how people have been stuck at home and how COVID-19 has has changed the landscape, literally. Um, when, I know that a lot of people ask me about, well, you know, what are safe and sane fireworks and why can't we use those? And I remember when I was younger, that's really the only choice you had. And and um, today, safe and sane fireworks are sold in 29 cities uh, around Los Angeles City, but they're not what we're seeing and hearing because safe and sane fireworks don't fly and they don't explode. And that's all we're hearing is things that fly and explode. Um, what do you have to say to people if, if you can answer this question about the fact that there are other cities where safe and sane fireworks can be sold? And I completely sympathize with people that it's confusing because you can go into Alhambra, you can leave the border of the city of Los Angeles and buy these safe and sane. But I just have to say, the moment you cross into the border, into the city of Los Angeles, it's illegal. And, and it's because there's so many reasons, but particularly in Northeast, my whole entire division is essentially a fire zone. Um, there's hills, there's valleys. I mean, we if a fire was to start, we can't really, like, it's hard to stop. This is an old neighborhood with narrow streets. I mean, Mount Washington itself is a very difficult place. And LAFD knocks down, what they call it knocking down. Knock, they knock down little fires all day long. We also have two of the largest parks in Elysian Park and Griffith Park. So these are the reasons why I tell people, you know, safe and sane. It might be legal in Alhambra, but we have to hold the line here in Los Angeles because of these dangers. But these are not the fireworks that we get the complaints are. The ones that we're getting are bought online. They're bought from out of state. They are professional grade and they are incredibly dangerous to the person who's using them. And, and the neighbors feel like they're terrorized because it's not just 4th of July. It's every night that, I mean, I, people literally complain and say there are bombs going off. There are bombs going off. There are bombs flying through the air. Um, my roof was on fire. I put out a fire. I mean, your neighbor is putting out fires in his own backyard. That is really something that 
we, we cannot have. And we have to act that we're in this neighborhood together. We're living 24 and seven now in our neighborhoods more and more often. And we really have to be mindful of each other and know that if you're buying something online and firework, it's illegal in the city of Los Angeles. I can guarantee it. Absolutely. Any, any firework, even a sparkler or simple little things are illegal. And we say that over and over again, not only in this podcast, it must sound like a broken record to the listeners, but, but also in all of the communications that we share with the public, whether they be um, oral or video or in print, fireworks in LA are uh, not something that you can use. They're against the law. One thing that people ask about a lot is the law. And, and obviously we're not going to talk about um, the law per se, as it relates to whether it's a good law or a bad law, but we've created a survey and there may be other avenues for people to share their opinions about the laws. Um, if people are filling out surveys and are sharing information that gets back to the city attorney's office, is that, is that information useful to you? You know, it really is. Any time I hear from the public where they feel like the penalty should be less, the penalty should be greater, or that this law is not working, or it doesn't address the new reality. I mean, laws are written in a vacuum sometimes, and it's changing. And so right now, I think the fireworks complaints are, are up because people are using them more, but because people are home more. So like our environment's completely changed. Um, and so it's even more important to be respectful of your neighbors, right? And so- mm-hmm laws are not, they're written in vacuum sometimes, like life changes. And so I think that people, um, it's fine if they get back to us. I mean, that's how we change the law. Also, your legislator is really important. Council districts are really important. Um, we have municipal codes here, but we also enforce health and safety code and regular penal code. And so, um, these kind of things, the community, the laws are written by the community. I don't think most community members really think that that as a, that way, but that's the truth. So if they feel like something should be changed or increased or something, a totally different approach, um, you know, as a city attorney, a neighborhood prosecutor, you know, we're willing to listen. And it seems to me that one thing that you just brought up just briefly in passing, but that might be really important is um, the environment. Um, the things that uh, make up the components for which uh, a firework is made from are often very harmful to the environment. Sulfur is not good for the environment. Gunpowder, not good for the environment. And I know that there's technology uh, science underway to try and make fireworks uh, more friendly to the environment. But currently, when we have these huge clouds of smoke drifting through our, our neighborhoods, people could get sick from that. They can. And the setting them off unleashes like, you know, these highly toxic gases that basically they're going to poison the air. Then they come down, they poison the water and the soil, and they're very harmful, not only to people, but to wildlife in general. And now we're in this COVID-19 era where our health, your underlying health matters even more. So can you imagine living in places like Highland Park, which is notorious, and you have a neighbor down the block that lights them off all day long? I mean, they're literally neighbors like this. And you're inhaling this. And given COVID-19, I'm kind of worried even more because your lungs need to be in some good shape right now, right? Our underlying yep. health 
uh, is really important. And if people can't sleep, if their pets are in stress, they're in stress. I mean, these are all real things uh, that are happening to people and we have to be mindful and we really have to do what we can as neighbors. I mean, I, you know, we could enforce all day long, but if people don't care, they don't care. And that's where I come in as an educator and as, you know, look, I'm a neighbor too. You know, I get it. I, I, I'm there, but one night of fireworks versus all summer long is a really different story. But the environment, the, most people have no idea how these things get disposed. Um, when you put them in the trash, they're going, it's actually really bad for the environment for us. Cause you know, we don't know what's in that trash can. Um, so it's almost like, I would say they're like batteries, like they're not meant to be thrown away in the trash and they're still, some of them can still be active and set fires. Well, the police department has to treat them uh, as explosives. And in fact, if it's more than safe and sane, it requires the bomb squad in terms of disposal. And they, I know the bunkers that LAPD is using this year, believe it or not, are already full in terms of confiscated um, fireworks. So it is a huge issue and it's not something that we're going to fix overnight, but hopefully next year we'll be able to get back into schools and to do more community group uh, engagements and kind of push this forward in a healthy and, and happy way so that people understand that they're as much a part of the solution as is police and fire and your office. And I do want to just promote one thing. We developed a lawn sign, you and I, <laughs> and there's we a did. link. That's I don't true. know. Yes. Yep, it's there. So I think sometimes neighbors are afraid of upsetting their other neighbors, but like lawn signs are really nice because if you have 10 people on your block and seven of you have a lawn sign saying, be mindful of my pet, no fireworks, fireworks are illegal. That sends a message to everyone else. This block doesn't want fireworks. And that's how we get the message out too. And so I really love the lawn signs. You know, that's my thing. So um, we have, uh, you'll give it to them, but there's a link where you can print out your own lawn signs and one day we'll have more money to give them out for free. But, you know, it's important that you know, start making your own signs. We've made wonderful signs this year for supporting of um, first responders, right? People have put wonderful signs out there for yep. Black Lives Matter to show who they are and what they support. And if you can say, keep our pets safe, please no fireworks. There's a vet who lives here, a vet, please no fireworks. You need to let your neighbors know where you stand in a really positive way. So maybe they'll, they'll think twice before they, you know, fire something off. And if you do want to make your own lawn sign, just visit the, the website, www.mysafela.org forward slash fireworks dash safety. And you can uh, download all of the art and uh, FedEx office or UPS store, or any number of the places that uh, print lawn signs. And, and believe it or not, FedEx office does do that as one of their primary functions um, and make your own lawn sign and make uh, the 4th of July happy. And speaking of that, Gabrielle, I'm grateful for your time today and really hope that uh, people take what you've said to heart because it's really heartfelt messaging that you've been sharing. And for you and your kids and family, have a safe 4th of July. Thank you. And you too. It's always a pleasure, David. Before we get any further into our discussion about fireworks, uh, let me remind you that the My Safe LA website has an annual fireworks survey available. So as you listen to this podcast, or perhaps when the podcast is over, 
I'd invite you to go visit the MySafeLA website and take the survey. It allows you to express your concerns, the things that you're not concerned about, and to actually provide either personal accounts or suggestions about how policy, uh, legislation, and enforcement may work in the future as we deal with the issue of fireworks. To reach the survey, visit www.mysafela.org forward slash fireworks safety. One more time, www.mysafela.org forward slash fireworks safety. Not only will you find the survey there, but you'll also find a new public service announcement and a whole raft of information that's going to be helpful to you and your family and your friends related to a safe 4th of July. So looking past the legal issues of fireworks, what about the cultural implications? Because there are a lot of people who believe that fireworks are part of their culture, that they are a component of being patriotic, that they have a right to fire off fireworks because they've seen fireworks shows and they know how to get their hands on them. And let's talk about how that impacts the Los Angeles societal environment. Fireworks used to be a far more simple form of entertainment for individuals. That's where safe and sane fireworks came from. Sparklers, the little Twizzlers, snakes, and Piccolo Pete's, all the fun things that we used to do when I was a kid were all based on the safe and sane concept. Today, we've gone way past that and we're actually able to buy military-grade explosives and or professional-grade fireworks devices. It's something that people don't understand the complexity of in many cases. I've spent a lot of time with fireworks experts over the years. In fact, with Eric Elias, who had for many years put together the fireworks shows at the Hollywood Bowl. And I remember visiting with Eric and watching him and his crew put together fireworks displays for the Hollywood Bowl, and it would take days to properly and safely wire up fireworks for a three to six minute display. So imagine someone getting their hands on a box full of these devices and deciding that, hey, I'm going to set these off in the street in front of my house. It's a recipe for disaster. Another thing that people often forget about relative to professional-grade fireworks in the streets of Los Angeles is the impact that it has on specific groups of people. Older adults who are not as mobile can often be terrified thinking that something is happening right outside their home that they can't control that will lead to some form of fire or destruction. Children are often terrified. Imagine a six-month-old or a one-year-old hearing huge explosions for the very first time. It's not something that is comforting to a small child. And of course, veterans, many of them who have expressed their interest in being in a peaceful environment after being exposed to combat, are suddenly taken back to the battlefield. And that's the last thing that many of them want to do. Personally, I'm very concerned about the impact of fireworks on pets. I've been a pet owner most of my life and currently have a 14-month-old yellow lab who is not only smart, but very sensitive to sound. He's a wonderful young dog, and yet the idea of fireworks exploding all around him is something that I don't want to contemplate. Every year, 
animal shelters all across the country are faced with animals showing up or people bringing animals in that have run away because of the fear that they have of explosions and of bright lights and of flashes that terrify them. I've heard stories of animals actually crashing through glass plate windows trying to find a safe place to go. So it's important that we understand that our furry friends are not the ideal audience for fireworks. Agnes Sibyl von Debschitz is the public information director for the Los Angeles Animal Services Department. And she has a wonderful series of suggestions to make relative to people that own pets and people that are concerned about pets. You see, you don't have to own a pet to be concerned about their well-being. And Agnes is going to share, hopefully, some very interesting facts and tidbits with us. So LA Animal Services is one of the more unique departments in the city of Los Angeles and probably one that a lot of people don't even know about. So as a starting point, how do you feel about telling me just a little bit about what LA Animal Services does and and its impact on people who live in LA and, and, and their pets? Certainly. So LA Animal Services is actually one of the largest uh, municipal shelters in the United States. We currently operate um, six animal service centers throughout Los Angeles, and we serve approximately 60,000 animals a year and respond to about 20,000 emergency calls that involve um, animals or people in danger. Wow, that's a lot. It is. Wow, that's, <laughs> For the city of that's, LA. So six shelters throughout LA, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. 60,000 a year. My goodness. We're here today to talk about fireworks. And everyone knows that fireworks are loud and that in Los Angeles, all fireworks are illegal. The ones that explode and that fly are illegal everywhere, not just in LA. And they're the ones that we're most concerned about because they can have the greatest impact on on our pets. And, and I, I'd really like to have our audience know why are animals at such risk due to fireworks? Well, I think what people don't know is loud noises can frighten pets. So fireworks are actually no fun for some animals because the loud noises can actually scare dogs and cats, causing them to escape their homes or yard in an attempt to look for safety. And when they're looking for safety, that's, that's not like I'm going to my safe kennel or my safe place. They're off and about in the city, right? Yeah, normally, um, if your pet is outside, like, let's say in your yard, even if there's like a, if in a, a fence isn't latched on or closed, they can all they can find like the smallest space to escape because in their head, they're just trying to find a safe place to be. Um, so what we do recommend is for people to keep their pets indoors if they can, possibly in a room or in a crate with um, their favorite toys, just to create a calming space for their animals. That's a very good idea. What happens in the six shelters in Los Angeles during the first couple of weeks of July. In fact, in this year, probably already. Uh, well, the 4th of July and the days that follow are actually the busiest times for LA Animal Services because many pets do escape their homes um, because of the loud sounds. Um, and I think the best way for pets to, to keep pets safe is, as I mentioned, is really keep your pets indoors um, and then just making sure that they have a proper identification um, and their microchip so that if they do escape, then we're able to have the identification relay back to the owners and we can help reunite the pets with their owners. If someone doesn't know how to properly identify their pets, they can go to uh, the animalservices.com website and, and learn how to do that? 
Yes. Yeah, so in the city of LA, it is uh, the law to have your animal license. And so um, if you have, if you adopt from, adopt from the city of Los Angeles, then your pet is automatically spayed or neutered and also provided with a license, also microchipped. And what's great about these is if your pet does get um, loose, if they're microchipped, then we can scan them and then we can help them, you know, be reunited with their, with their owners. What we do say is, you know, if for some reason pet owners move around, please make sure that the identification on the animal license and also on the microchip is up to date so that if your furry animal friend does get out, we'll be able to um, reunite you um, with your pet. For animals that run away because of fireworks, um, do a significant number of them never get reunited with their owners? Fortunately, a lot of the animals that, um, when, when pets get lost, I mean, we have frantic owners who are very quick to report that their um, their animal is lost. And what's great about now is through social media, there are ways to be able to um, post that you've lost a pet or you've found a pet. For LA Animal Services, we launched our LA City Lost and Found Pets uh, Facebook page. So people can post if they found an animal, if they lost an animal. There's also social media um, resources that are available like Shadow App, Nextdoor, Paw Boost, where people can post um, whether they found an animal or they lost an animal. So really there's ways for people to be able to reunite with animals. And so for the most part, a lot of the animals that um, do um, get lost, they are reunited back um, with their owners. For some that may not, um, can people um, help out by adopting or fostering pets that uh, end up in your shelters without a destination? Yeah, so what happens when an animal does get lost, um, we will hold the animal for about three days. And if no one um, claims the animal, then the animal is available for adoption um, on the fourth day. But what we do do is when we when we receive the animal, when the animal comes in, we do scan the animal for a microchip and then make every effort to contact the owner to let them know that their pet is with us. And then give time for the pet owner to come and retrieve their pet. Well, that's that's really good news. So for people in L.A., the, you know, number one, they need to create a safe and secure place for their pet uh, inside if possible. And, and that's not just for dogs and cats. Right. That's for any number of of pets. Although you're not going to bring a horse in the house. Um, <laughs> but, but but anybody uh, that has any kind of pet, they need to be concerned about their pet's health and well-being during this time of year when people are setting off explosive and flying objects over the city of LA, right? Right. And, and I, I do have to say also, even if your pet doesn't seem um, obviously upset by the fireworks, they can still cause, fireworks can still cause harm to pets. Um, as you mentioned, fireworks are illegal in the city of Los Angeles. Um, and But if you can prevent potential burns, injuries, or even ingestion of fireworks, because if an animal ingests these, it could be fatal for them. So keeping pets away from um, fireworks and asking friends and neighbors to avoid using them is one way to keep your pet healthy this 4th of July weekend. Well, actually, that uh, not ingesting used fireworks is a really important point that uh, I think even I would have missed. So thank you for that. This year is unlike uh, any year that we've had to this point in time with uh, fireworks being a huge issue nationwide. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you were able to spend a, a few minutes with us. We're going to make sure that everyone knows through uh, our website and through this podcast and other ve uh, vehicles that we have to make sure that people are safe this 4th of July and they take care of their pets. Thank you for being with us, Agnes. Thank you for having me. It's worth noting that in 2020, 
The pandemic that we're all dealing with has had an impact on fireworks. Not only are people anxious to use fireworks because it allows them to get out of the house and celebrate something, but there are very few, if any, public shows to attend. A big part of the MySafe LA and LA City cadre of agencies working to reduce the use of public fireworks has been suggesting that people go and see a public show. Because there really aren't any to go to, well, the options are off the table and the reliance on fireworks in someone's backyard go up. I think it would be great to suggest that people take some other steps that they consider watching fireworks on television. It's something that you can control the volume of, it's something that you can control in your own environment, and it's something that your neighbors don't have to experience with you. I'd also like to take a moment or two to talk about things that you can do to make your family and kids and grandparents and so on a little bit more comfortable because fireworks are going to be taking place this year. There's nothing that anyone can do or say that will change the reality that we will see more fireworks discharged this year than we have in a long time, if ever. So if you've got little kids, you know, reading them stories, maybe letting them stay up a little later and watching their favorite movie, making sure that they're comfortable with their favorite toy, those are things that will help comfort a child. And try not to leave them alone in the 8 p.m. to midnight time period when most fireworks will be detonated. It's the same for pets. Allow a pet to be in his most secure space and make sure that he or she has their favorite toy and a treat or two, or that they get to sleep on your lap even if you don't usually let them do that. Make sure that they're inside in an enclosed space, someplace where they're not going to actually jump through a window or actually jump through a plate glass window in their desperation to get away from the noise that scares them so much. And for grandparents, the same thing is true. You don't want to put them in a kennel, obviously, but you do want to make sure that your grandparents are comfortable with a good book, with a good movie, with a good discussion, perhaps a good card game, things that will distract them from the sounds that are coming in from the outside. All of these things are simple, and there are many other things that uh, I haven't even mentioned here that I'm sure you can come up with for your family and your friends, but taking these steps will mitigate the impact that fireworks have on us. Let's also talk a little bit about what we can do if we see fireworks being discharged and how to take care of that situation. This is a good time for me to once again remind you that you can visit the MySafeLA website to get some very good information and resources on fireworks. www.mysafela.org forward slash fireworks safety. When you get to the page, the very first thing that you see that you can do is to take the survey that I talked about earlier. But there are a lot of other things on this particular page on our website that could be very helpful to you. We have a Don't Use Fireworks lawn sign. You can download all the materials, take it to your local FedEx office or UPS store, and have them print it up and stick that sign on your front lawn and tell your neighbors that you're not in favor of fireworks in your neighborhood. There's also a good section on how to report people using fireworks. This is an important issue because many of the calls that come into the Los Angeles Police Department, as we discussed earlier, are too generic to allow police officers to be able to take any kind of appropriate action. And because crime doesn't stop on the 4th of July or on other dates surrounding that big event, it doesn't mean that police officers are automatically able to respond immediately, and it takes them a little bit of time to get there. So if there are people in the street firing off fireworks, the police arrive and they're 
gone, there's nothing they can do. And if the fireworks have been discharged and there's a bunch of people standing in the street and the police don't actually see the fireworks being discharged, once again, there's really nothing that they can do. So if you see people using fireworks and you want to report them, there are multiple things that you can do that will help create enough energy so that policies, perhaps even laws, can change in the future. You need to be on record. I think that's the most important thing that I can share with you, is being on record. Screaming, yelling, shouting is not necessarily productive unless it's just going to help you vent and make you feel better yourself. But we need to be on record to share our experiences. And it's not only the survey in the My Safe LA website that'll do that. There are other things that you can do as well. The My LA 311 smartphone app will be set up to take complaints related to fireworks. And you can learn about that app if you don't have it. It's for Android and iOS devices. Uh, www.lacity.org, myla311. So www.lacity.org forward slash myla311 is the link to find out more about getting the app. The Los Angeles Police Department also has an online fireworks complaint form that you can fill out. And that's at uh, complaint.lacity.org forward slash fireworks. One more time, complaint.lacity.org forward slash fireworks. Don't call 911 unless you see something burning, you think someone is about to be injured, or something uh, that threatens property or life is taking place. It adds to the call list, and it doesn't necessarily solve the problem. But if you do feel in danger for your well-being, or you feel that there is a risk of fire, or something else that is threatening, again, to life or property, do dial 911. But keep this in mind. If you're going to speak to a dispatcher to have a radio car dispatched to your location, you need to give them a specific address to go to. If you simply tell them it's at the intersection of A and B streets, that's not enough information for a radio car to be able to zero in on somebody who's using fireworks. You've got to be able to tell them that it's at 123 Main Street, one block south of the 110 freeway, or whatever the instructions are going to be. But it needs to be someplace specific, because otherwise, there's going to be very little chance that when police officers get there, they're going to find anything worth taking a look at. Our final discussion today is going to be with Captain Eric Scott, the public information officer for the Los Angeles City Fire Department. Captain Scott has worked closely with MySafeLA on a number of initiatives, and I'm delighted that he can join us today because his experience in communicating with the public on all issues related to public safety is vital when it comes to letting you know about the health issues they transport more than 500 people a day. They respond more than 1,300 times a day to calls for service. And to have to take people to the hospital who have been injured, to have to respond to grass fires or structure fires, complicates an already complex fire and health system in Los Angeles. So let's uh, join Captain Scott and see what he has to say. So to start off, uh, can you... Tell us a little bit about the LAFD anti-fireworks campaign. Sure, and we thank you for this opportunity. You know, to begin with, we know 4th of J July is an excellent time to celebrate with uh, family and friends, and historically fireworks are a big part of the fun, and, and we certainly get that. Um, but we do see another side that the general public doesn't always see, and that's the injuries and the fires. 
So back in the 80s, actually 1982, the Los Angeles City Fire Department started to initiate an annual uh, anti-fireworks campaign. And the goal was the reduction of injuries and property loss that are caused by the private use of fireworks. And so this campaign emphasizes that uh, using fireworks at your residence is illegal in the city of Los Angeles. And it's really not the fire department that comes up with that rule, but we certainly agree with it. And in spite of much of the, of the progress that we've made over the years, fireworks still represent a significant public safety threat to the community of Los Angeles. And so because of that, we're embarking again on the anti-fireworks campaign, and we're honored to partner with My Safe LA. And this is an important issue for us, and we know it's complicated, but the overall goal, as you said, is to um, keep people safe. And in that regard, for 2020, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic issues, and we've had uh, the community out in the streets uh, sharing their voices about the important issues that we're in the midst of. Tell me, what are the primary objectives for the Los Angeles City Fire Department as it relates to fireworks in this bizarre year? It, it has been bizarre, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Our campaign has three primary objectives. And number one is number one for a reason. It's to reduce firework-related injuries and fires throughout the Los Angeles area. And we do that with participation from multiple agencies. It's not just the fire department involved in this. Number two is to inform and educate the public about the dangers that are associated with the private use of fireworks. Uh, things like exactly what we're doing right now. Um, also, there's public service announcements, school presentations, billboard advertising. Um, we historically have press conferences, flyers that are distributed. Now we're making the appropriate changes in conjunction with COVID-19, but um, those are all a big part of it. And then lastly, number three is to also encourage a safer alternative like visiting a professional public fireworks show. And some of that is still being figured out because of the changes with COVID-19. Um, but of course, there's also programs for families to watch on television as well. And it seems that so many things have become virtual meetings and you know everyone is using Zoom mm -hmm. or GoToMeeting to get together. So perhaps uh, watching fireworks on television is a good way to to enjoy fireworks without putting yourself at risk. It seems to me that um, a lot of people don't understand or they miss the point that fireworks can be so dangerous. What's, what's the LAFD's perspective on, on, on the danger aspect? Well, I think you're right, David. I think we as humans get caught up in the fun of it. Um, but the dangers are real and they're there for the obvious reasons. We see painful and debilitating injuries. We see children with tragically fingers that are blown off. We uh, partner very close with our friends at Grossman Burn Center, whom a lot of these patients end up going to. We've seen uh, routine eye injuries and it causes needless stress also for combat veterans um, also, when people use personal fireworks, it, uh, it terrifies a lot of pets. Um, and then we see these fireworks causing fires, whether it's a tree fire, it gets in a palm tree and it starts burning those down or gets into the grass. 
you know, we all needed uh, some rain. We got the rain. It made a lot of grass throughout Southern California that's now started to cure and turn dry and is very susceptible to a spark. And then that gets into brush fire. So we're in a hot, dry summer months. And these are things that are avoided. Has there been uh, one or two grass fires in the last uh, month or two that were started accidentally by fireworks? You know, um, good question. I did actually talk to our arson investigation on one of the recent big fires, and they were looking into that as a possibility. Um, They did, you know, find some evidence of fireworks nearby, but I don't know if they ever conclusively were able to connect the dots to that recent fire. It's a definite threat. It's a definite concern. And like we said, it's an avoidable one. And and you've just touched on one of the things that is so challenging, uh, not only for fire, but for the Los Angeles Police Department and Sheriff's Department and so on, is that it's it's so difficult to be able to pinpoint exactly what's happened with fireworks unless you see it. I, I know that in Los Angeles, um, the use of fireworks is a misdemeanor, and that means that police officers cannot actually issue a citation or confiscate the fireworks unless they actually see the individual lighting the firework off right. or witness the individual transporting or carrying the firework. Or the third thing that a lot of people don't see is if an adult is handing fireworks to a minor, then that's also against the law. And and so if they don't see those three things, then there's really nothing that they can do. Um, I'll tell you that in all of our school presentations and over the last couple of years, you know, we've presented to tens of thousands of students in Los Angeles and 90% of them didn't a, know that fireworks were illegal, and wow. B, told us that the interest in fireworks was their parents and that their parents had been the ones who had said, hey, we're going to have a fireworks display or you're going to see us shooting off fireworks in the backyard. What is it do you think would be useful that you could tell parents of children about what they should be thinking about before they go out and acquire fireworks? Those are all good points. And, um, you know, in Los Angeles, we're very appreciative of the efforts that, um, you know, my safe LA does with that education. I think to tell parents is behavior breeds behavior, right? So if we're doing these things and, um, uh, no matter what they are, if they have the potential to be dangerous, well, then our, our, our children are going to follow suit. And, um, and again, we're here to say, we get it. Uh, Fourth of July is an excellent time to to celebrate the independence of the nation. It's a very fun time for family and friends. And like we said, fireworks are a big part of that. But the city of Los Angeles is very clear, very clear that even the so-called safe and sane are illegal in Los Angeles. And and we're here to just tell you firsthand what we see because we're going out on the 911 calls and we're seeing the injuries and we're seeing um, the consequences that are that are preventable, and so we're we want people to be aware of that so they can make educated decisions. And you just brought up a good point: the the idea that safe and sane fireworks are are either of those things, when in fact they probably are not either of those things. <laughs> right. You know, as as one as one example, <laughs> wa- right? Water boils at two hundred and twelve degrees. I would ask any parent, would you stick your child's hand in a pot of boiling water at 212 degrees? And I never. think most of them would say never. And so tell me about sparklers. What 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 kind of temperatures do they achieve? 
No, you nailed it. Um, you know, glass melts above that. What do you bake a cake at 350? Um, sparklers surprisingly burn at 1200 degrees. And uh, that surprises a lot of people. And they should not be treated as toys. And uh, we see the burns and it leaves a lifetime of scar damage that uh, has to be dealt with. And we see, you know, the other thing people don't realize is when they're out having fun, some of these seemingly benign uh, things like sparklers are, are um, just used so improperly frequently. They're not holding them at arm's length. So they're running around holding them. Then they trip, they catch something on fire or they're, they're holding their kid in their arms and the kid grabs it and burns their hands or it gets in the eye. Or we've seen even just simple burns to foot because of not wearing closed toes uh, shoes. So it goes on and on. Um, but certainly you brought up a great point. Sparklers burn at 1200 degrees. That's not a toy. No, that's not a toy. The other thing, and the last thing that I think is worth mentioning in our brief discussion here is that the 4th of July is one of 365 days in the city of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, The Los Angeles Police Department would immediately tell you that crime doesn't stop on the 4th of July. In fact, they're probably busier uh, because everyone's out having a good time and maybe drinking a little too much or so on and so forth. Uh, The Los Angeles City Fire Department is busy every day of, of the year as well. And and on the 4th of July, I would imagine you guys are really busy. What's your average day like? Well, you know, we average over 1,350 emergency calls every day. So around 4th of July, you have uh, more people out, more people celebrating, more people drinking, more uh, fireworks, more injuries. So our uh, it, it is relentless on 4th of July and the days surrounding before and after. Um, so you certainly do see a surge that does stress the healthcare system. It does stress the 911 uh, system being uh, so busy during during that time period. How many people do you take to hospitals every week? You know, um, over four thousand. Yeah, wow. between four and five thousand every week, and so um, it really jumps up. Our average weekly incidents uh, for emergencies are about 9,500 plus. Um, and wow. we've seen that just go up and up every year. Los Angeles is only getting busier. Um, I mean, heck, last week alone, uh, over a seven-day time period, we responded to two major emergency structure fires. Now, that's the biggest category of an emergency incident we have. So we went to two of those. We went to three major emergency brush fires and six greater alarm brush fires. So that's the category under a major. And tragically, we had one civilian fatality at a structure fire in the, in the West Los Angeles area. So that's just over a seven-day period. And for people who are um, hearing some of these terms for the first time, uh, when someone reports a fire, you have an initial assignment that goes out. And then uh, a uh, uh, tell us a little bit about a greater alarm and a major one. That's a second and third and fourth request for help, right? Can you define that just so everyone understands it? Yeah, sure. Um, So no matter what the emergency incident is, um, we have a kind of a predetermined um, quantity and type of apparatus to respond. So whether it's medical and you're having a chest pain, we want to make sure you have a paramedic there. That's the highest level of medical authority outside a hospital setting. Or if it's a fire, if it's a small single family dwelling, we have 
a certain quantity of, of apparatus that would respond to that, say, comparison to a high rise, right? A, a much bigger potential. So uh, the point is when we arrive on scene, um, the first officer is going to do a size up and say basically where they are and what they have and if they need additional resources due to fire or smoke showing. And as they start to add resources, once you get uh, 11 or more uh, fire companies on scene, that goes into that greater alarm. Um, and then once that continues up above uh, 16, now you're into that major emergency. And so you're talking about once you're at a major emergency, you're well over 100 firefighters on scene of that. And that's something that I think everyone wants to avoid. I mean, we've seen on television these huge fires and it just takes a spark and a sparkler is a lot of sparks. So right. I think it's really important that people listen to what you're sharing with them, Captain Scott, and uh, and the messaging that my Safe LA shares and the Los Angeles Police Department shares and the city attorney. We're not trying to tell anyone they can't have a good time, but we're just telling them that they need to do it in a way that not only do they avoid hurting themselves, but they avoid hurting people they care about and, in fact, potentially even complete strangers. Exactly. Well, thank you, Eric. I think it's been illuminating to be able to talk about this. And I hope that people that listen to the to the podcast uh, get something out of it and understand that the 4th of July, particularly this year in this kind of strange time period we're going through due to COVID-19, are able to rejoice and celebrate, but to do it in a responsible manner. I really appreciate you spend, spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for having us be a part of it. We really appreciate what uh, My Safe LA does. And on behalf of Fire Chief Terrazas and under Mayor Garcetti's leadership, we hope to continually make strides forward to reduce fires, to reduce injuries during this time period. Captain Scott's comments should be taken very seriously. The Los Angeles Fire Department is transporting hundreds of people to hospitals every day, responding more than 1,300 times to calls for service. And for each new grass fire, for each new structure fire, for each new burn injury, the thought that perhaps they were caused by fireworks just adds to the stress on all of our first responders. Dealing with the coronavirus and COVID-19 issues throughout the city is already stressful enough, not only for first responders, but for everyone who lives here. So I hope that this podcast has been useful in giving you solid information that can help you to be better aware, better informed, and more up to date on exactly what's going on relative to the use of illegal fireworks in this wonderful city. The My Safe LA Fireworks page also has additional resources that you can visit if you're going to be uh, browsing online. It uh, will direct you to the Los Angeles City Fire Department's website, the Los Angeles County Fire Department's website, the Yahoo News articles on where 4th of July events are still taking place, and that might be something that's important. The Thrill List website is another place to go. There are articles in the Los Angeles Times and the Mommy Poppins website. Those are just a few of the resources that will be available to you if you visit the My Safely Fireworks webpage. And finally, if you do have questions about enforcement or other fireworks issues, you may contact the Los Angeles Police Department via telephone by calling them at the following phone number, 1-877-ASK-LAPD, 
1-877-ASK-LAPD. And if your smartphone doesn't have the um, alpha characters for you to choose, it's 1-877-275-5273. That's 1-877-275-5273. I'd like to thank all of our guests for joining us today and sharing important issues related to fireworks and fireworks safety and what we can do to be safe and to mitigate the effect of illegal fireworks. Once again, just as a reminder, all fireworks are illegal in the city of Los Angeles, and it doesn't matter what you may think is okay to use. A sparkler is against the law. A little curling snake that you light with a little match is against the law. There are other ways to celebrate the 4th of July, particularly in this very unusual year of 2020. And we would encourage you to consider what some of those opportunities and options may be for you and your family, your pets, and your friends. My Safe LA is a nonprofit organization. We don't take money from the fire department's general fund budget or from the Los Angeles Police Department's budget. We survive on grants and gifts. And if you think that what we're doing is useful and supportive, then visit our website and consider making a, a gift to my Safe LA, every $5, $10 helps. It's mysafela.org slash donate. www.mysafela.org slash donate. My name is David Barrett. I'm the executive director for My Safe LA, and I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you and has provided some insight into what's going on this year as it relates to fireworks. You might want to take a listen to some of our other podcast episodes. We have several podcasts that are of value to the community. There is another City Talk LA uh, channel, which is our Spanish language channel, City Talk LA en Espanol. And uh, we also have a unique and very fun um, podcast that is led by the three administrator comedians that we have on our team. That podcast is called Everything is Okay. And if you visit the MySafeLA website, you'll be able to visit and see all of the listings of our podcasts, as well as listings for webinars that are available to you. So come listen, have some fun, learn something, and share it with the community. Thanks again, and have a safe 4th of July.